Welcome to Getting Yoked. Getting Yoked. Real talk with a slant. The world is a mess. And way too serious. But we're here to make it fun again. I'm Scott. And I'm Kai. We're just two Asian dudes from Southern California. And And we've we've got got something something to say. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the 10th episode of Getting Yoked. Getting Yoked. We made it. Episode 10. Here we are. I thought we actually wouldn't make it past episode three. I think there was an over-under on how many episodes we would make. So we made we made 10, and that was the bet. So this is our last episode. and <laughs> Yeah, I, we'd like to thank all of our fans. All, uh, all, all five of you. All five, all five U.S. <laughs> listeners. Um, Doug, Nona, yeah. Jojo, Jojo, Mom, yeah. and Donna. Yeah, and Donna. <laughs> and, then, and, and then, of course, there's Beijing. Well, there's a billion Beijing listeners. Right. And, of course, all of France. So for this episode, this is a special episode. It's kind of a recapper. It, yeah, it is a recapper. We're going to discuss today some of our favorite moments, the guests' favorite moments. and Our favorite guests. Our favorite guests. The talks, some of the things that came up out of it that was unexpected. Right. And how we put together the show, an idea that we had that we started at the gym. Yeah, um, functional fitness. Right. That was the home of it. This entire show is really just our gym banter that's come to life for everybody to hear. Yeah. And as you guys notice that as we're recording the show, I always look at Scott and say, hey, remember this This was what we talked about last week. Yeah. I mean, this is, these are real gym conversations. Real conversations at the gym. Now, just to let you listeners know, the first three episodes, we had no fucking idea what we were doing. Not at all. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure you could tell about that. We just kind of slapped some things together and we're just testing. Literally, the first episode that we were like testing the mic, let's say, hey, let's test the mic. Yeah, we got uh, really nice mics, and I'm sitting there saying, I can't believe we're buying $300 microphones. Microphones. You know, so we have like $1,000 of microphone equipment. We don't know what we're doing. And I looked at Scott, and I said, Scott, I don't even know if I can record for 45 minutes. Right. We had no idea. And then we realized soon enough that it's actually kind of easy to go really long. The first three episodes, what we did was we literally turned on the mic and we said let's just start talking about stuff what we did was we did and we just went for it we just talked about stuff that's it seven to eight ten minute segments we had the asian driver we had the manly man now for those of you don't know out in podcast you know how podcasts work unlike radio these aren't live so there's a lot of editing and we put together Tom Brady. Actually, Tom Brady. I think that was our very first. I think that was our first one. Tom Brady. Segment re-recorded. And then with Tom Brady is The Walking Dead. Was that the right same one? We that did. We, we No, we did the Soapbox Awards. Oh, Soapbox Awards. Yeah, that's Soapbox right. Soapbox Awards and Tom Brady. Those were actually the first two episodes we recorded. Yeah, and a little bit of trivia fact. Kai tends to remember exactly what we talk about the next day. I kind of forget everything. And I, I, I don't even recall anything we talk about until Kai sends me the recording and goes, hey, listen to the podcast. I'm like, oh, shit, that was, uh, I forgot about that. We have a clear partnership and synergy. I'm the detailed guy. Yeah. I'm the super Asian mm. and Scott's the laid back Hawaiian that just wants to, he just, just says, just gab, just, just gab, fucking hit record and I'm going to start talking <laughs> and it's okay. It works that way. I've become an audio engineer editing every single episode to the amazing word. editing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was actually talking to a good friend of mine, Renee Rodriguez last week when we were in Vegas and you learn a lot about your speech patterns when you have to record something. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I don't, I don't, well, okay, listeners, you won't know this, but I didn't realize I stutter a lot I, when I talk. I, I had no idea. Until I don't, you, you brought it up and you told me about it. I don't stutter now because as soon as I heard it, I stopped stuttering. Right. Yeah, it, the, it actually was a great lesson. A it was. It. The stuttering is kind of like this, I would say. Um, so, so, so what, what, 
do drivers do? <laughs> yeah, and then, right. Right? Now, listeners, you don't know because I cut that out. And, and for those of you out there, Rene Rodriguez is a great friend of ours. If you're ever in Vegas, you can catch him at the Cabana Room. He does the Copacabana dance, and uh, he's usually there with his girls. So it, great, great review, great show. Yeah, that's for the people that couldn't get into Thunder Down Under. <laughs> they go to the Cuban at the Copacabana. <laughs> and he's, he's worth every dollar, we promise. <laughs> so episodes one through three, looking back, um, those were some of my favorite episodes because we really patched them together. Another thing that we was, were learning. I mean, the great thing about it is that we were literally learning as we went. We just said, hey, let's record and go. Some people take forever to kind of come up and formulate a plan and an idea. And then Kite and I just went, you know what? Fuck it. Let's plug in the mics. Let's just go for it and let's just see what happens. So much so that in episode one, one of my favorite parts is when we're talking and the and the dryer goes, goes off, off the back. Right, right, beep. Yeah, yeah. So here I, I got a quick clip about that. Kate Beckinsale is, 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 is the perfect woman. And frankly, with Kate Beckinsale's voice with the English accent, she can talk as much as she wants. And, but she doesn't, uh, she's not demanding though. I, I she, actually, she's more subservient in her talk. Sure. I, I'd want her to actually. What what is that? Are we are we getting arrested? It's a, there's laundry in the back. Awesome. This is truly. This is this the is this pirate. is the high this is the high tech studio. Yeah. Welcome to the first episode of Getting Yoked, where we do laundry and we air out our laundry on the same show. So yeah, that was our that episode, was awesome. Right? That was just awesome. <laughs> Literally, right. the studio. The studio, <laughs> as you've mentioned before, is my dining room. Dining room in right. his condo. In my condo up in the sky. In North Hollywood. You know what's funny about it is I was I was telling Scott the other day that um, the way we describe our show, I think it really confuses the listener because in one episode, I live in this shady condo above North Hollywood with a perverted security guard <laughs> that you don't want to take the shaky elevator up. And then like two episodes later, Jessica's like, this is such a beautiful place. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and just, Jessica kind of Jessica kind of showed it for what it is. It really is a nice place. It, it's a nice place. Well, that's the thing too is, is that I think you know, and I think a lot of you out there in listener land, I think you're really wondering how tall I really am. Oh no, no, no! They they know you're four two, <sighs> yeah. four five with heels, four five with heels, and he looks great with them on. By the way, calves that can go on forever. But another thing about episode one, if you haven't listened to it and didn't realize, I'm pretty sure most people realize. I'm pretty fucking drunk. I mean, you, you can definitely tell where I'm slurring. I'm, there's some definite moments where you can hear me slurring, and it gets a little bit worse as we go on. But there are moments toward the end where it sounds like I'm clearer, and that's because of the magic of editing and Kai. We originally recorded, I want to say, 10 or 12 segments. Two segments didn't even make the cut. We did a segment on, and I think we're going we're gonna to eventually make them episodes again, but we did a segment on advice to men getting married oh that's right yeah yeah, yeah. that was yeah. going to be a good one it, it's going to be a good one yeah. but let me just play a clip for you guys to listen what we had to deal with for those of you that don't know uh scott is is currently married i am divorced so we we've, we've got a bit to say about marriage and what it's about we got we got a lot to say and don't mind me if i sound like i'm I'm kind of like, my mouth is full because I'm eating Fruity Pebbles because Kai <laughs> is the only fucking person I know that has Fruity Pebbles at his house. Scott comes over and he's he's eating my kids' Fruity Pebbles. Seriously. I mean, I'm eating the Fruity Pebbles. He's a grown 40-year-old man and he's just stealing my kids' Fruity Pebbles. Okay, but look, I've never had Fruity Pebbles in a long time. Well, I haven't had it in a long fucking time. And I saw Fruity Pebbles in his fucking pantry and I'm like, fuck 
me. My 10-year-old Kira is going to come home. She's going to say, Daddy, who ate the Fruity Pebbles? Hey, I'm just like, tell Kira that Uncle Scott ate it, and I'll buy her fucking okay. more Fruity Pebbles. Okay. Scott <laughs> is so drunk on whiskey yes. that what happens when Scott drinks, he gets the munchies. Oh, yeah. I'm Hawaiian. So he's eating Fruity Pebbles. I'm eating his daughter's cereal right he's, out of the box. To the point where Kira yeah. comes the next day, and she's like, Daddy, who ate all my cereal? Yeah. If she could only see that Uncle Scott had Fruity Pebbles stuck to his sticky fingers and was licking them off while on a podcast. But if you listen to it, we thought it was funny at the time. Scott says, oh, no, this will be hilarious. But I said to him, I said, this sounds really sloppy. I don't want to play this. <laughs> so we just cut out the whole episode. We just cut it out. It was literally, it was a drunk man ranting. And I just said, this doesn't sound good. It's, I, don't, I don't know how we can do this. It's probably for the best that you did cut it out. Yeah. So we had that episode that we didn't, that didn't even make the cut. And, but that started episodes one through three and i thought that was great and then we get to episode four episode four was my favorite episode crazy dating crazy dating was great i mean we had and, and the great thing about it was that it was completely spontaneous we didn't expect it um we were here with chris lawson and chris burton and then it just kind of happened and then, and then once again somebody didn't get the memo but it was perfect because we got one of the greatest William Shatner stories that i've ever heard it had nothing to do with dating nothing but he contributed to a great episode it was completely spontaneous we Came here and we were going to talk about marketing <clears throat> and some video work. Chris Burton's a great, great videographer. Amazing videographer. Do expect getting yoked to become a video YouTube channel. That is going to be coming up soon, sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Sooner than later. Sooner than later. And we were talking about that and how we we're going to put the uh, the camera together. And then I don't know how we got into it, but we're guys. We started talking about dating girls, and what crazy happened. Crazy girls. Right. So we turn on the mic, but that was that's my personal favorite episode. I always tell people if you're gonna listen to our show, you should probably go to that one first because yeah. it's it's very random. I don't know if it was that episode or one later, maybe it was with the latest one with Rosalind. I don't know, but a couple of the clients and some people were writing in talking about I was explaining how the best way to give head, like the thumb and the rotation around Oh, that was Rosalind's episode. Was that Rosalind's episode? That was Rosalind's episode. See, I forget which episode that I say these kind of things. So they're like, Hey, so now I know how you know, you like to get head. And I'm like, yeah, that's okay. That's yeah. kind of weird, <laughs> but that's cool. I mean, I, I obviously said something like that. I, I don't know. When I get onto the mic, I kind of have this this Alzheimer thing when I walk away. I, I forget what I say. I'm going to queue up episode nine for every girl that I date before they give me head. <laughs> it's going to be very instructional because again- Listen uh, and learn. Giving head is not like pizza. No, not like <laughs> pizza. Any kind of pizza, regardless of how bad it is, is still pizza. And speaking of crazy dating, uh, we received an email. So after the crazy dating episode, we asked listeners, hey, send us uh, an email or a call us and let us give us a story of your crazy dating. And we picked one out of several. And this was the winner. This is from Mike Garcia. He's a good bro of ours, actually. And he's living in Texas now. Now, Mike G uh, was also part of the Manly Man Club. That wasn't why we chose him. We chose him because this story is absolutely fucking boss. So Kai's going to read you the email because this is dope. And I can verify that Mike G would never fabricate a story. It says, hey, guys, loving the podcast, your fourth episode. It reminded me of a crazy story. Many years ago, I was building a gym in Louisiana. I had a delay with subcontractors and decided to shut down early. I decided to do what most guys in their 20s do, which was make a booty call. Sure enough, she answered. She told me, give her a couple hours and then come over. So when I got there, she was in the shower and I joined her and we did our thing. After we caught our breath, we did it again in the kitchen. As you can imagine, from then on, we christened every part of the house and had an absolute marathon booty call. 
As we sat on the couch, which was our final destination, she said, if you can catch me by the time I run upstairs, we can do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so there she was. She, she takes off running upstairs. And he says, so I don't mean to brag, but I am half Japanese. So I do have my inner ninja reflexes. <laughs> I bolted after her and I caught her up the stairs and I bent her over about ready to have my way. And at that point, she's yelling and screaming so loud we're having fun. I didn't hear the lock of the front door open. The front door swings open and all I hear is, fuck! (laughs) I look over my shoulder and I see a sheriff deputy in full uniform fall to his knees. Dude. Mike oh, G. that's crazy, Mike G. He, he did a little booty call with somebody's uh, somebody's girl, somebody's wife or something dude, like that. Dude, how right? fucking scared were you at that moment, dude? Yeah, so he said, I wasted no time in full ninja status, grab my clothes, throwing them on, and running out like a madman while he's actually standing there stunned. I opened the door, ran downstairs. He said, get the fuck out, and I walked out. But here's the funny part. A month later, I'm driving, (laughs) probably to another booty call, and I get pulled over by a cop. I was clearly speeding, so I wasn't surprised. The cop walks up to my car, looks at me, and says, Oh, shit. Check it out. It's Mr. Stairmaster. (laughs) (laughs) He looks at his partner, and he says, Hey, look. It's him. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm going to get the fucking biggest cop whoop ass right now. But instead, we actually laughed about it and he let me go. Oh, wow. Uh, apparently. Dude. He, yeah, apparently. Well, so let me ask you, do you think Dude. that was maybe the first, not the first time that he may have caught his wife? Oh, I guess maybe. He, or something. I don't, Jesus. He, either that or they, maybe he. I would have just thought I'm going to fucking jail today. Or maybe he kicked her out, right? Uh, right. But he said, apparently he told everybody at work. And they've given me the new name Stairmaster. Oh. Right? What a fucking story. I mean, you get over for a booty call. You don't even know that the girl is married or has a husband. Oh, you know what? My no, mate, hold on. No, he wait, hold on. He did. He did. It's a house. You walk in. You kind of get a feeling if it, she's married or not. Come there, on, there's Mike pic- G. There's pictures on the wall. Mike G knew. Come yeah, on. Mike okay. G knew. So he right. got caught. Yeah. He got caught. Right. And he comes home and he, and he sees the face. But fucking. But you know what, though? This is Hawaii, right? No, no, no. Mike was in Louisiana. No, no, I'm sorry. He was in Louisiana. Yeah, it so was Mike, Louisiana. So Mike, I mean, Mike was pilferaging the uh, ring the nani. So he was going in on that. <laughs> okay. Then if it's in Louisiana, but, you know, this is in, I guess, a small town of Louisiana. Well, here's the fucked up thing about Louisiana that a lot of people don't know unless you live there. Um, you know, uh, a lot of areas in Louisiana was the, like Nolens was the murder capital of the United States for quite some time because there's hundreds of miles of swamp there. So, I mean, you could easily dispose of a body. So I'm sure at one point when he was, when the, when the sheriff walked in, Mike was just like, fuck, this is it. This is crazy. Still three weeks later, you get pulled over by the guy. <laughs> by the same guy. So this was my, so I actually responded Mike, you to win him. the story. He did. I responded to him and I said, holy shit. That was her boyfriend. And he said, yeah, evidently she failed to tell me. And then he wrote, but let's be honest, she was fine as hell. That wouldn't have stopped me anyways. So there we go. Mike, you you get the high five from the manly man. And you know what? Mike, that was in your 20s, right? So probably 20 years ago, 15 years ago. Right. That's what we do. That's what. It's it's what happens. Every guy's got that great story. It's what happens. I, 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 yeah. I remember when I slept with a uh, schoolmate's mom in my 20s. Yeah, yeah. And uh, again, I, I might mention like um, friends from my youth, like Johnny Schleif and mm-hmm. Henry Lee and all that. 
All I remember is calling Johnny at like six in the morning when I came, when I was coherent and I wasn't drunk and wasted anymore. And I called Johnny and said, Johnny, get me out of here. Come pick me up, dude. Because I didn't have a car. Yeah. At the time, my car was gone. She picked me up and I didn't know. It was an innocent thing. It began as an innocent thing. And we went out for drinks. And then next thing I know, I slipped and fell into the vagina. But But, you knew that inside you had a little fetish. As it started, as we started drinking and went out to the bar, then I kind of figured, okay, I, I, I have an idea where this is going. And then, yes, I ended up sleeping with a schoolmate's mom. I'm not going to say who it is. And she was a schoolmate, but no more. Not like a really good friend of mine. And then I called Johnny the next morning, and he came in and picked me up. And Johnny just laughed at me, and he picked me up and said, look, look at the shame. I said, dude, I, I didn't expect to do that, but what are you going to do? Ladies, you know, we just have to tell you that there are some of us that like pushing the envelope edge. Yeah. We like to walk the edge of what we're not supposed to do, especially if you tell us we can't. Yeah, well, yeah, we're guys. What especially are you do? if you tell us we can't, right. whether it's a mom, a sister, a daughter, yeah. a coworker. Yeah. There's always a little bit of that forbiddenness. Especially when you're young. Yes. Especially when you're young. You kind of, you're testing the waters. You want to see how it is. And, and it's, it happens. In our older age today, it's like, dude, I don't need that craziness and drama. There's plenty of people today. But when you're young and you're just out there for anything that, well, you know, most things that move. We're pretty, and some of us, we're, we're willing to risk ourselves. I actually remember a time, this was, um, this was a few years ago. I went to a birthday party. It was my friend's daughter's birthday party. I was in my probably late thirties at the time and she was in her twenties and I brought a friend of mine and I remember she showed up and my friend looks at me and he's like, fuck, she's hot. And he said, dude, do you ever hook up with her? You want a banger? And I looked at him and I looked at him and I said, dude, it's my friend's daughter. Right. Right. Like it's my friend's daughter. And this is how a guy thinks. He looks at me and he says, okay, but like, if you banged her and you lost her as a friend, it's not that bad, right? Oh, <laughs> right. But I mean, that's guys pushing the envelope, right? That's, like, like, because we're actually, we will actually sit there and calculate. Yeah, the odds. The we'll odds of, the, of the, if it's better and the, if we did lose a friend, cons, the pros right. and cons, is it that bad? It's not right. that big of a deal. Right. Yeah. I remember the story and I just looked at him and said, you know what? Let's not do this. Let's, that's not going to happen. Right. Uh, so that was crazy dating. So for you listeners, we are going to have crazy dating too. Uh, when we after we did that, there were a lot, especially guys, a lot of guy friends that said, "Dude, I've got a story to tell you." A ton of them, yeah. And not to leave out the ladies, but when we had Rosalind here, she says, "Wait a second, what about me? We've got some. More, so we've got some right. So so Kai is right. We're gonna have a ladies' edition crazy dating stories so that they can talk about the crazy shit that's happened when they dated guys for the first time." And to just tell you the stupidity that all men have, I'm sure all of you heard my Alabama story. Uh, there is a part two. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> there yeah. is a part two because it gets a little crazier. A little bit. And yeah. And I think all of you are wondering how, how, does, how does that continue? It continues. Yeah. I can't wait to hear. We got to have Angie on here. Angie is, is, a, is a good friend of ours. And, um, she moved out of the city and she's living down toward the beach now. But Angie, I remember when she told me about this one guy that we both knew that she went on a date with him, which was a friend of a mutual friend. And when she went to go see him, uh, first date, he walked out with a robe and a cock pump on. <laughs> and he had the cock yeah. pump 
on still, and he pulled his dick long, and I guess he just walked out expecting her to uh, walk over and just suck his dick or something. And How did you meet him? Was this an online date? Well, I, I... He's a friend of a friend. I didn't know oh. that about it. He's a friend of a friend, and then Angie, when I because when, Angie and I dated for a while, and then Angie told me, oh my God, that guy's crazy, and then she said that. So we had to have Angie on because she has some pretty crazy stories. Angie, I know you listen to her podcast, so I kind of spilled the beans on that one. <laughs> <laughs> we may or may not get the permission to edit that. Right. Episode six. I loved episode six. That was our, I think, our first complete episode because we talked about cigar and whiskey. But what I loved about episode six is we had probably the funniest, I don't know, 30 seconds of oh, our yeah. show ever. It was a great promo clip that we pulled from it. And that was about the... Uh, the, the it was the, always the Orientals and we talked about Yellow Fever. Yellow Fever. Yeah, let's right. listen to it real quick. Where are they Hold getting on. the flavor? I have a, a very, very important question. <laughs> okay shh, shh. hold on here we go and we trademark this All right i i trademark this <laughs> where is oriental nascar <laughs> where there, is it as soon as we can get white women in the midwest and south to like asian guys we've got oriental nascar we are in no but wait <laughs> hold on hold on what, a, hold yeah. on okay this is another topic for uh, uh, another show but kai and i are going to talk about that Kai and I have got Midwestern girls to get yes. in on that. The yellow yep. fever, yes. Yellow fever. That's mm-hmm. another episode we're going to do that one. Yellow fever, girls that love Asian dick. It's a disease, <laughs> but the best kind. <laughs> Come on. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's going to be the shortest fucking episode hey. ever. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, we're just talking about what's going on. I'm just saying what's going on. And thank you for joining us. That's the end of our episode. (laughs) That's hands down my favorite clip of all the episodes, that segment right there. So leading into that, we are going to have a yellow fever episode. Absolutely, we will. Girls that love Asian dick. But for the record, when it comes to... Our dating history, Scott and I, there's yellow fever and then there is the yellow fever that we, that we inflicted on people. (laughs) Good way of putting it. Yeah. That's actually a good way of putting it. It is because there are, there are girls that just love Asian men. They have just all Asian men. Yeah. And we're not talking about Asian women, just like non-Asian women that love Asian men. Like they got an entire fever. And I've, I've dated couple of them could we call yellow fever dengue fever would it be the same or would it be no (laughs) i've dated a couple but that's not the norm the yellow fever that scott and i are talking about is we have a pattern of converting white women yeah no that's true right yeah absolutely or it doesn't matter where there's white women latina black whatever it is but we've converted if i had a dollar for every time i've dated a girl that had told me i'm their first asian right well i mean well i mean in in truth I mean, and kai was very much like me too i mean when i was well when i was growing up in hawaii i didn't really date any asian girls or any locals or hawaiians because um i was surrounded by them all my life so living in an area of uh, a more i guess prestigious area of hawaii which is hawaii kai i was surrounded by a lot of caucasians and spanish and all other different type of nationalities so i kind of got into a whole bunch of different other uh races and i was always attracted let's breach to that races. topic is that sort of anti-Asian of us to not date Asian women because that's not my preference. You know, what it, you know what it is for me? And in all honesty, I talked about it with some friends. I think it was because I grew up in the days of Playboy when Playboy was really big, I mean, in elementary and everything. So right. we would always look at my friend, um, his dad's Playboy stack, and there were always like Texas women. 
or something like that. You know what I mean? They're gorgeous. Because Caucasians. that's that's they what were, you grow with. That's why I said the media really influences yeah, no, what you like. Absolutely. And I thought these women were absolutely gorgeous. And and so I, I just thought, you know, these are the this this was absolutely beautiful. And I just never looked at the Asian girl as really my kind of cup of tea. I mean, I could appreciate beauty in the Asian girl, but it wasn't my thing that I was attracted to. So I was always date I, I mean my first girlfriend was white. I just always dated So here's the reality of it. Number one, this is somebody, Scott, who grew up in Hawaii mm-hmm. and you're being affected by media. My mom and dad laughed because the first time I dated an Asian girl was when I moved to LA after all my travels and everything. I dated my first Asian girl living in LA twenty years ago. So I mean that I was twenty five mm-hmm. when I first dated my yeah. first Asian girl. I mean, so it was. It was I'll get into the story later. of the first Asian girl that I dated. I dated for a specific reason, but for the most part, I grew up in the beach cities yeah, of LA. So you were there. In, I grew up in, in Santa LA. Monica, yeah, and I grew very up very integrated, very integrated. But you know, having a white dad that raised me, I didn't really consider myself having an Asian household. So yeah. I grew up just American, right? And it, it wasn't a thing. It wasn't like, oh, I'm supposed to date Asian because I wasn't raised that way. So naturally, I just dated whatever was there, whether it was white or right. Persian or Latina. You know, I've you never really dated. saw color I, when, no, when it came I, to dating. I didn't see color. Right. I mean, it, it, and you know what? And there were a few cute Asian girls. It just kind of never came around. So I'll say that um, it's not that I won't date an Asian woman. And don't get me wrong. I was married to a Filipino. I had a Japanese girlfriend in high school. That was it, though. Just yeah. those two. You know, it, it, it's a crazy thing. Um, you're absolutely right. I, I think my whole thing was because when I was younger in my 20s, you know, my stature was a lot different. I had long hair. Uh, my hair went down to the middle of my back. I was, you know, I was six feet and at the time, like 200 pounds and really ripped to shreds. And I was part of a, you know, show and everything. So most of the women that I dated um, that were whatever Asian or whatever it may be, never really understood what I was. So you were just like, this exotic, this exotic guy, this exotic guy, right? Yeah. So like black women loved me. I mean, they would. I mean, I'd be at the mall and black women would sit there and just stare and watch me. For the record, my online dating history, yeah, I got the most messages from, from black, black women. women. Yes. Yeah, no, no, black women, from are, black women. But that's that whole thing that's going on right now. It's called Blasian. I guess yeah. a couple of things is ablation. It's a big thing where black women and Asian men, which coincidentally happen to be the least sought after on online dating. So Asian women are the number one sought after. Right. Black women are the least sought after. Right. Which, by the way, is black and Asian. Unlike our friend Jojo, because we have a friend, <laughs> we have a friend Carrie who is half Asian, half black. Right. And she mentioned the word Blasian, and Jojo said, "Oh, is that Belgium and Asian?" Oh no, it's no, not. <laughs> she didn't. That's yeah, awesome. It's not. Wow. Um, but that is, uh, you know, yellow fever. I think yellow fever for us is inflicting the disease on people. Well, you know, the funny thing about it too is that now that I've actually been with Asian women and I've married one. Donna, my first wife, was an Asian. She was Russian Jewish. Um, but now that I've married an Asian woman, too, and, and I've dated several, I, 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 I love Asian girls. I mean, boy, here, here's the thing, too, is when you, for me, I've understood now um, the beauty of marrying somebody who comes from a similar upbringing. It's just easier with the kids. It's easier with everything. And frankly, I, I think Asian women are amazingly sexy now. I, it's just what it is. But I had to come through all these years of experience before finally coming to that decision. Not to say that if for some reason, God forbid, you know, Don and I 
don't survive our marriage or whatever happens. I mean, I'm not saying that I wouldn't date other nationalities before like I did, but I, I, there's something about Asian women that I love now. This this should be a show because now my preference isn't race when it comes to physical attributes. Right. I'm now starting to prefer cultures. Oh, no, good point. Cultures yeah, yeah, and yeah, good backgrounds. Point. Interesting cultures. I mean, how are, how are the cultures with relationships with men? Right. Yeah. Is it a patriarchal matriarchal society right. are they used to alphas is there equality we're you know, actually just talking about that like for instance for instance mexicans right mexican households are primarily uh, matriarchal right it seems like the women run the roost yeah they, they you know they, they they pretty much tell the men what to do and everything yeah. like that and and some may argue and say that's every household now women kind of run it but not really no I mean, there's you, still you, a lot of tradition yeah there's still a lot of tradition and a lot of the upbringing I mean we joke about the overly sensitive PC thing but to tell you the truth there's still a lot of tradition that's going on in a lot of cultures I mean Korean households men still run the household and it, right. it's funny there's a reason why Korean men look like they've always been yelling yeah because <laughs> they have been yelling yeah right, right a lot I've dated a few Eastern Europeans, which is different than Western Europeans, right? Because the Eastern Europeans, the Russians, the Czechs, they ha- they are definitely a male dominated society. And when you meet them, they hate feminism. They yeah. want a male to lead. They want to be feminine women, and they in the in the terms of being very womanly and and soft and delicate, right? Versus Western European women, they're a little bit more liberal. So I'm looking a lot at culture. I look at uh, how you grew up, uh, you know, how your parents were, how your views are with things more. So, I mean, I'm starting to get attracted to that now versus just how they look, because honestly, where I am in my life, I think all races are beautiful as long as you're hot. Yeah. But I, but I'm really, I'm looking for personality. I'm looking for culture. I'm I'm looking for your views. And if you're hot, it doesn't matter what color, race, anything, Armenian, Indian, black, Armenian, you're going to be hot. Yeah. You're going to be hot. And let's face it. If you use the index and the, and the forefinger up the shaft while you do the, the, the blowjob, the crown. Yeah. You got to rub the crown. Then that's, that's all we care about. The little feelers in the bottom (laughs) of the cap. Right. (laughs) Yep. That's the main thing. So there will be the uh, Yellow Fever episode, which uh, then transitioned into the next two episodes, which we had the, uh, we had a friend zone episode. And friend we zone had, with Jessica Vitanza. We had a friend zone episode and we had the single parent dating episode. And, and I got to tell you, Kai and I were talking about this. It seems like our dating and relationship episodes are the best episodes for, for listeners. They, uh, we got big responses, emails, messages, calls, texts. I mean, do you know what all- it is? It's because it's the part of life that people haven't figured out yet. Like That's, everybody I mean, wants answers. But will they ever figure it out? I don't think no, we, we won't. ever will. Well, you know, it's funny. Scott said to me, he said, we're getting the most responses from the relationship episodes. Yeah. And I actually said to him, I said, well, if you think about it, Scott, when I come to the gym and we banter, I would say 70% of our banter is relationship with women sure generally it's me talking about my latest dating episode because i'm married right because i'm married right and he's giving me some advice and if you guys had uh, if there was a microphone over the last uh, not even six years since my divorce it, mm-hmm. it spanned before that but we've had we've had i don't know how many countless talks yeah about somebody that i've dated oh, yeah. or a relationship trying to figure something out yeah so I think it's actually very apropos that we start doing more relationship episodes. No, it, absolutely. It, yeah, yeah, it definitely dominates a lot of our conversations. You know, and, and funny enough as it is, I, I, 
I don't want to say that I'm some kind of expert, but I've, I've helped a lot of my clients and, and Jessica and I will talk about a lot of things and, and Kai and I will talk as well too. Um, but we, Kai and I have, we've dated a lot of different people. So we have a lot of, uh, different experiences and we pulled a lot of different, um, knowledge from every relationship. So by all means, we're here to help. We're here to kind of give some ideas. Uh, one of the things that Kai and I really want to talk about that the girls that have been listening really love is kind of man speak. What does a man really mean when he's telling you something? Because a lot of you women, unfortunately, um, you're not understanding when a guy just isn't into you. Yeah. And, and yeah. we're going to kind of clear that up on certain things. <laughs> when they say certain things, we're going to just let you know, hey, th- guess what? I-, I hate to burst your bubble. Move on. This guy isn't into you. What's interesting is not just the man speak with the relationships, but we've actually had, as you guys can tell, this is sort of the anti-feminist show. Well, at least I shouldn't say it. at least we're not feminists. Yeah. We obviously welcome feminists and feminist listeners, but we're not feminists. But I think what's been really interesting is that feminists that oppose our views, they find what we say fascinating and sure, very absolutely. insightful yeah. what we talk about sure. because we have very male views yeah. of things, right? Expect a lot of more relationship episodes. Um, we've got, you know, to go the other way, we're, we're going to have a guest on in the future, the anti-slut-shaming Oh, guest. this is a good one. This is a, a personal good friend of mine. Uh, we go way back and she is amazing. We're going to be recording this toward the end of June uh, when she's back in LA. And um, she's also going to talk about, um, you know, some BDSM, some things that uh, she has uh, as a professional worked in. And at the same time, we kind of have to hide her name and keep her secrecy because she's also a CEO of a very uh, big national corporation. So she's a very good friend of mine. Love her to death, and you're gonna love that session. I might use the voice changer. We, we may have uh, to microphone. Filter. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm a beautiful woman, which right. is probably one of my favorite quotes and, of the show. And when we do the yeah, and when we do the actual video of the session, like I do, and I put it up on Instagram, we may have to put like a plastic bag over her head or something just right. to protect her. Right. right, but it's awesome. Wait, a plastic bag or or a leather headpiece? Maybe with a, ball gag. a gimp. Headpiece yes. with a ball gag. She probably would enjoy it. But hey, that's going to be a great session. You guys are going to like it because she's going to give you the real deal. A couple other ones. We're gonna, we are going to go one-on-one with a feminist. Oh, yeah. That's going to be great. Alpha males, the feminist. We're going to debate. And the first question is, what happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened in your past that, that, that hurt you so much that you had to become a feminist? This is all I got to say about feminists. I'm going to say this right now. I want to hear it. Every strong alpha self-proclaimed alpha feminist that i know yeah has a pussy ass husband that they bitch about because he doesn't carry his weight you're probably and what right. i'm going to tell you is yep. is that that's what you get for throwing your weight around because there is no self-respecting strong man that wants to share that limelight with you yeah so what you get is you get the leftovers sure of course yeah. absolutely yeah and you know what here's the thing I'm not necessarily criticizing that they're going to have a weaker husband or either a fair husband. What I'm criticizing, it's that same feminist that bitches about the wife or hus- the, the husband or boyfriend. That yeah, isn't because they've created it. They, that's the bed they, they made. Totally that's the bed it. they made. It's always yeah. the, it's, it's, they've got the husband or they got the boyfriend that hasn't worked, right? He's been lazy. He's not doing his part. So what you see is equality you've completely overpowered and you've created a weak man who is now sees you as a ticket to not do shit. This is totally going into rant mode. I love it. Oh, it and, is. And, and by the way, if those of you who are listening to this, look, 
like I said, we've, we've had the opportunity to date many different types of women. I've dated quite a few that were high-powered um, executives or entrepreneurs or CEOs. And I tell you what, the higher they were on the food chain, they more, the more they appreciated when they were ranting if I would just not say a word, throw them over my shoulder, walk up the stairs, slam them on the bed, and then just fuck the shit out of them. Yeah. And then, and, you know, I'm being very honest. Mm-hmm. They, there's something about it that they just mm-hmm. love just being treated like just a woman, just what they thought was a weak woman compared to them having this high-powered uh, position all day and everything. And that's the truth. I mean, I, I, I could list a few they of them. They want you to be in control. Yeah. They yeah. want you to be they in They love a man that will just say, you know what, shut up, woman, and just throw you over the shoulder. And, and those feminists that are listening to this, you might be shaking your head. You might be saying, fuck that. But look, you just need to find the right I just say right bring guy. it on. Yeah, yeah. Bring it on. Tell us what you don't agree with. We're going to have a f- hardcore feminist on the show, a millennial feminist. Yeah, we'll that. bring you to the studio. We'll have a call in. We'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. Another guest that I'm really looking forward to is that I have a friend that I grew up with since we were in middle school who is a famous CNN political analyst analyst legit the whole way legit totally legit you have seen him on cnn you know where they have the two-headed debate left and right do we have to hide his name or we can actually get to we don't have to hide his name no no he he can be on this yeah yeah he'll he'll be on the show but we're gonna talk about trump's america yeah he's gonna have to call in though he's calling in he's gonna call in yes because he's not visiting la anytime soon. well he actually you know what he actually is next week oh can he We'll have it next week. We should bring him on the show. Oh, he's, hey, actually, he's actually going to stay. Hey, if he can come in, let's do it. We'll have, yeah, well, I mean, whatever time he has, we'll yeah, make it let's happen. Record. But I'm sure a lot of you, you know, it's um, for those of you that follow us on Facebook, um, especially Scott, Scott is not shy well, with anything. Fuck, with but anything. He's not shy yeah. to talk about politics and Trump. And we haven't really breached that yet. No. But we're going to go full force with this guest. Yeah. We're yeah. going to ask him all the questions. And here's the thing. One of the reasons why I actually don't talk about wait, politics. Wait, is he a Democrat or a Republican? He's a Democrat. Okay, so he's like me. He's a Democrat. Yes, but, okay. I, but I will tell you this. One of the reasons why I don't rant politics as much is because the rant is so polar. You're left or you're right. Yeah, it's too polar. It's too I, polar. I agree. It's way too polar. But I've had some really educated conversations with him, and I will ask him questions about things. And his viewpoints is... It's a lot more centrist than people think what reality is. Right. And there's a lot more strategy out there than there is reality. Right. I mean, look, I'm not going to put words into his mouth because I'll let him explain it. But we talked about the whole Trump election. And, you know, a lot of people, I think they thought that Trump was crazy and things that he did. But he looked at me and he said, he's actually quite brilliant. Don't don't think that he doesn't know what he's doing to win this election. Right. And so uh, he's going to give a lot of insight on what really happens. Because remember, this is politics. Yeah. What really happens behind the scene. I've asked him so many questions about Obama and Clinton and everything over the years, and he'll give you the straight-up answers what he thinks about Trump. He, I mean, like I said, I'm not, not going to put words in his mouth. He does think... He doesn't necessarily think that Trump's crazy, but he always looks at me and he says, he's a reality show TV guy. Yeah. He's going to do things a lot different. Expect it to happen. Yeah. And he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. So, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, so that's going to be a good one. and Absolutely. And, and to our listeners, by all means, email us, message us. Obviously, the relationship stuff is what really is sticking with you guys. You love what, we, we, what we're talking about. And um, if we become another love line, so to speak, you know, with like uh, Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew, I mean, it, it, 
if it organically happens, I mean, we'll definitely do some 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 episodes on that. Kai and I are not afraid to talk about man speak, about what men really are saying to you. So email us if you've got some questions. Hey, you've got a best friend who's a guy that is saying these things to you. We'll tell you exactly what he's saying. Yes, to our five listeners out there, this is your show. Tell us where you want to go. All five of you. Yeah, and Beijing. And Beijing. So once again, thank you everybody for making it this far to our 10th episode. I can't promise there will be a 20th. But we made it this far. <laughs> we're, we're playing it by ear. We're just going and we're just recording. I'm Kai McBride with my co-host, Scott Yanihiro. Hello. This is episode 10 of Getting Yoked. 